Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think you got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. (laughs) I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And welcome everybody in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse, our daily hour-long visit with you. You can join us by phone at 437-7644. ESPN 44 just out at a popular Central New York lunch destination and people are talking basketball. They want to know about the game tomorrow night, about uh, the injured player status, the roster, game in, game out is a point of discussion. What is not of discussion is the core three players that have carried the orange so far with uh, Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, and O'Shea Brissett, the one, two, three punch carrying the Orange in their last game. They've actually had a couple of really good overall team performances, but back-to-back wins. And then the Wolfpack of NC State coming in for a 9 o'clock tip tomorrow night on Valentine's Day evening. So, guys, you got choices out there. you got to take the lady out to dinner. You're going to do it tonight. You're going to put it off. You're going to go to the game. You're going to treat that as your big night out this week. And uh, I'd like to hear, actually, if you have any creative solutions to that, or you incorporating the game in your Valentine's Day or are you rescheduling? If you'd like to uh, chime in on that, you're more than welcome. 437-7644 or 4ESPN44 in the booth brought to you by Burdick Toyota and CH Insurance. We're going have Daniel Baldwin on later in the show. Driving away yesterday and he's putting together the softball team. Polly didn't really speak up for me very well, which is understandable. I'll cut you a little bit of slack there, Polly, but I at least could hold my. I mean, I can stand upright and swing a bat, which is probably more than we can say for a lot of the people around here. Yeah, I I never seen you play a sport, so I can't go to bat for you. But I would take it you could play better than most of the people in this building, myself I would, included. I would hope. No promises. I'd rather be golf. Golf, you don't have to run, and the ball's not moving. Those are two big advantages that it has over softball. Slow pitch softball, it's barely moving. The but. the sad thing is there's a lot of people in this building that are younger right. that are not athletic. Yeah, you don't want that. You at least want to think you had your day, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could have hit a softball at one point. I think I've played uh, only a couple of, you know, when you talk about organized, you know, the softball league, like the guys that get together every Tuesday night or every Thursday night. I know you were in a league for a while. I remember filling in high school. I played high school baseball, and then one of the guys calls, hey, we're, we're short. If you can get to the field and uh, – Ten minutes, we can use you. All right, so I'm out the door, like glove. All right, you're at third base. Well, that was the position I played in baseball. Like the first or second guy up, top of the first inning, wham, hits like a rocket. One hop. I mean, the ball gets it, to you. Quick yeah, at infield third base. and softballs are is no joke. Of course, there really shouldn't be a whole lot of ground balls <laughs> hit at softball. You uh, ought to be slugging for the fences, uh, which is a story for another time. But it sounds like Daniel wants to uh, get this group more athletic, and I'm going to do my part. You want to have a, you know, it's darts. You want to go, I'm not any good at that stuff, but you want to have like a, a rotating darts league or something we could do that participates in sportsmanship but isn't athletic that we, we can kind of hold our own. I got better at darts the drunker I got. I don't okay. know if that was a 
That's probably not uncommon. Science. I'll just say this, and we'll have Daniel in if he's going to be the general manager. If he's going to be our sort of uh, Olympic coordinator of all these uh, different teams, I'm just going to say, if you're starting with the premise of, hey, these people are at a sports station, they ought to be athletic, that's not really a great premise. That That might be a little faulty right from the start. You got people who work in radio generally so they don't have to get dressed on a regular basis. I, I wouldn't start making too many conclusions about how athletic they are or should be. We'll talk with Daniel Baldwin about that in a little bit. Wanted to play for you our Rudy Hackett interview. Rudy's going to be the uh, Vic Hansen Medal of Excellence honoree at the annual Hardwood Club Banquet uh, coming up the uh, first weekend of March. We'll share that for you here in a bit. Speaking of Olympics, Max hit it there with uh, Aaron Hamlin from Remsen and uh, finishing off the podium in her fourth Olympics, watched uh, one or two of her runs last night and a little bit of the luge. Uh, I'm still sticking by. I really do enjoy the biathlon. But the, the more I'm thinking about these Winter Olympic sports, Polly, where my friends in television, we need, we need more innovation. I like the, the green, the yellow, the red dot on the figure skating. Helps me understand it. I was on the phone last night, so the sound was off, but the ski jumping is on. Every ski jump looks like it lands in about the same spot. It's really hard to tell the difference one to the next, and and it doesn't draw you in to the competition that way, I find. Yeah, I watched that for the agony of defeat. Um, well, that he, happens, but I think they're so good that doesn't happen very often. I did see one luge uh, wipe out an Austrian woman, um, bailed out, hit the sidewall, lost her sled, and called it a day pretty rough goal but it's not the, the first of all they're better than they ever been those things the safety has been built in in such a way thankfully nobody's gonna go up over the top more than likely in the luge but uh i'm for what you know what's gonna draw in the viewer i got the the biathlon i i enjoy they've got the great graphics where you can follow along whether they're making the targets or not and those dudes are those are bad mamma jammas i mean i i think you're you're pretty fit if you can cross-country ski seven eight miles and Shoot to the target. We were talking about Mimi yesterday. Speaking about the station, Mimi should, if she was a biathlete, she should be on our softball. We've got to find a spot for her on a softball team. They don't have a line to beat on the ski jump broadcast? Like they don't uh, have a digital line like, they, the, ten, uh, like the first down line on the Well, TV? it's hard to even tell where, you know, where they hit the range. There is something like that. There's like a, a projected, actually there's some is painted, I think, literally, and then about a landing zone. There might be a projected line there. But uh, I was I was a little bit lost. It seems like the difference from one to the next is only a matter of inches, which it very well could be, which uh, doesn't make it a great visual. Now maybe I should probably watch with the sound on and have a little better feel for the context of what's going on. Other than that, I kind of haven't been paying attention to the, the Olympics much. I haven't seen really much of any curling. Watched for a couple minutes the other day and uh, hoping to have uh, more time to do that. So hopefully tonight's a good night to – sink teeth into uh, into those Olympic rings and, and see what's happening there. You know what I've been doing? I've been looking at the NC State game. Have you been staring at that? Yeah. Is NC State kind of similar to what Syracuse was last year? They've got the good wins, but then they've also got losses to Northern Iowa. I like that as a theory. And uh, we got a coaching change. Um, every, what everybody said, We, if you notice, we've had these folks come in that you know, cover the entire league, and you try to get ahead of, hey, you've seen the next opponent or the one after that. We had Tom Wormy of ACC Network on yesterday, asked him about 
NC State. Of course, he'll do that game with uh, Dan Bonner as well. But asked about NC State and Miami, uh, who are the next two uh, Syracuse opponents. And the thought on the Wolfpack is that they play hard. And you don't say that about every team. And when you do say that, it sounds like a, a bit of a condemnation of their previous coach, Mark Gottfried, because he could really recruit. They had a lot of good players, Dennis Smith Jr., most recently and notably. But uh, now Kevin Keats has a team that somehow scored uh, six players with double figures in their most recent game and still lost to uh, North Carolina. Um, but uh, Wolfpack unable to uh, sweep Carolina this year after beating them on the road. Their season so far, their losses, uh, you know, I don't know that these are necessarily losses to be ashamed of. You know, Northern Iowa, I don't know if they're any good this year, but that's a, a quality program. Tennessee has had a much better year than people probably factored in. They lost to UNC Greensboro, which NC State shouldn't, but I think we know that the G is pretty decent. They were in the NIT against the Orange last year. And they're uh, right there at the top of the Southern Conference again this year along with uh, East Tennessee State. So it's kind of a repeat of the uh, top two teams in the conference this time around. Their other losses at Clemson. Hammered. And got hammered by Notre Dame back-to-back. Yeah, Notre Dame they lost by 30. Uh, that was the game where Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell got injured. And uh, they absolutely buried NC State. Came back, though, and the Wolfpack in the very next game beat Duke beat Clemson by one to earn the split, lost at Virginia by a lot, beat Wake at home, lost close at Miami, and then got on a nice little run at Pitt, at Carolina, which is a game that we watched while we were at Pitt, and then uh, beat a Notre Dame team that by then uh, was stripped. There are two results against Notre Dame, a loss on the road by 30 and a win at home by 18. (laughs) That's all you need to know about how – how volatile the conference is and how things might uh, switch from one game to the next. But the Wolfpack have lost two in a row at Virginia Tech, who's pretty good, and home to North Carolina, who's getting it together. NC State has to view this as a bit of an opportunity to come to Syracuse, then Wake, then BC. Uh, Those are three games where they feel like they can get something done. Uh, They could really win any of the games that they have the, the rest of the way this season. But their biggest calling card this year is their wins against the top teams. As Paulie mentioned, they've twice beaten the number two team in the country. They got Duke when the uh, Blue Devils were number two, but early in the season beat Arizona at the uh, Battle for Atlantis. That was the only win they had there. Arizona got rolled in that particular tournament. Now Arizona's gotten uh, much more solid as the season has gone on. NC State, I don't think, really does anything that is super standout. They, you know, they're highest ranking in like a statistical category. They're 25th in the country in steals, but uh, you wouldn't call their scoring defense especially good. They give up 74 points per game. They run and press and play um, maybe more possessions than uh, other teams do. They are 40th in the country in scoring offense at 81 points per game and 234th in the country in scoring defense at 74 points per game. And again, that's uh, often a function of the number of possessions that happen in a game. But Kevin Keats, the coach, was uh, 
He's a former Louisville assistant, went to UNC Wilmington, successful there, and was gobbled up very quickly by NC State when it made its uh, coaching change in the spring. All right, we'll take a break. Your phone call is certainly welcome at any point throughout the show. 315-437-7644, ESPN44. To get things started, we'll hear from Rudy Hackett when we continue. Daniel Baldwin a little bit later in the show prior to the start of his show, which is on the uh, station here at uh, 3 o'clock today. You're in the booth. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. The Cruncher in Utica this Valentine's Day to take on the Utica Comets Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Countdown of Crunch Time starts at 6.45. Puck drop at 7 on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Back in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. You can join us by phone at any time, 437-7644-4ESPN44. Program brought to you by CH Insurance and Burdick Toyota. We thank them for that, and thank you for listening. Hope you can join us at the annual Hardwood Club Banquet. It's uh, coming up at the Manly Fieldhouse this year. On Center is the typical host of that and is occupied, so Manly Fieldhouse. And uh, that is the building in which our guest here played back in the 70s, part of the 1975 Syracuse Final Four team, Rudy Hackett. Hackett will be receiving the Vic Hansen Medal of Excellence, something that uh, he takes very seriously as uh, longtime associates of the program do, people that are in the family and know uh, Vic Hansen and his contributions to uh, Syracuse football and basketball. It's presented to somebody who has made a, a tremendous impact among those in the Syracuse basketball family on the community around them. Thank you very much. I feel tremendously honored and uh, really shocked. I had no idea that I was even in the running for this award. I think it's a very prestigious award, and I'm very proud to, to receive it on behalf of my, uh, my teammates and my coaches. Rudy, uh, earlier this year, Dennis Duval was honored with his number hung in the Carrier Dome, and a lot of the guys from the 74 and 75 teams we're back, and then by that point, obviously, uh, Dennis was gone. You were uh, the star of 74, really, in 75 on that, that run to the Final Four. But so many of you guys were here, and the reason I bring it up is it seems like so many are still close. I know when you came back uh, here in the recent years and with Coach Danforth and company, you all keep it in touch, and, and Jimmy Lee and the whole crew. In fact, he was here even at the show last week. So uh, it seems like you guys are a pretty tight-knit group still to this day. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a, a characteristic that was – a uh, very big part of our team, the close-knit family-type team. Um, we all needed each other. You mentioned the word star. I, w- I did not consider myself a star. I thought that we were all shining stars, stars in Syracuse University, and we were doing our best to represent the school and represent the community and, uh, and to represent uh, New York in, in the end because we had to go play for the, the national championship. So, you know, we were representing the East Coast and, it was a great, uh, it was a tremendous honor to go out there and play. Uh, there were no stars. We were just all one big family and a close-knit organization. Well, that certainly is an attitude that uh, served your team well back in that time. And you're being awfully humble, but uh, in this day and age when a guy averages uh, 17 points and 12 rebounds as a junior and then as a senior he averages 22 points and 13 rebounds, that's what we call a star now. In fact, that guy would be making a lot of uh, do re me is what he'd be doing. He'd be moving on to the to the NBA uh, right away and, and, and getting paid. So you were yeah. dominant well, I, you uh, know, back time, in your time, time whether you changed. want to admit it or not. Yeah, well, times change. And, uh, you know, I, I, I looked at that. and Even when I was playing, uh, the advent of the, of the freshman coming in 
and being in the play on the varsity, you know, I, we weren't able to do that. So we had a, a really good freshman team that was put together by Coach Danforth, Coach Beheim, and our head coach, Billy Best. And I think that, that helped us uh, in the end because by the time we were seniors, we knew each other very well. We had played together. We competed under heavy competition together. And we went through the ropes for four years. And that's something that you don't, you don't find very often today. So I, I think I feel bad for the college kids because a lot of them are one and done and two and done. But that's part of today's world. And, you, you know, you have to roll with it. Rudy Hackett is our guest. He's the Vic Hansen Medal of Excellence winner for this year. And Rudy, if you could take us through that season, uh, your team wasn't ranked until March and then uh, obviously able to catch fire, beat North Carolina, and, and make it to the Final Four in San Diego. Well, you know, there, there's not a whole lot I remember about that season, uh, except for maybe three things. One was it was a hard season. Um, we, had, we, had, we, I, we probably lost more games to get to the NCAA tournament than we had in the previous three years. And, you know, we were just hanging on and trying to, hoping that we would get a that large bid to get in there. Uh, the second thing that I remember is that uh, during that year, um, my roommate, Jimmy Lee, went into a tremendous shooting slump. And, and you know, not, not known to a lot of people, we spent a lot of time, a lot of nights up in the gym, just him and I together, trying to figure out what was wrong. And, you know, it took us a long time, but we, we finally got it worked out. Um, so that by the end of the year, Jimmy was back in his, his sweet shoot, shooting, shooting um, positions again, and we had a good feeling for each other. So that was a, a little bit of adversity we, that we had to face. And the third thing that I remember is that, you know, the games that we played to get to the tournament, you got you to gotta be good, but you got to be lucky too. And, and, and we were fortunate that, that we made it through moments where we needed a little bit of luck. But if it wasn't for, you know, our coaches who prepared us, Coach Behind and Coach Stanford, they did a tremendous job preparing us for each game. And we just believed in ourselves, and, and we just went with each game. And if no one else believed in us, we, we did. And uh, we went out there and proved them right in every instance and all the way up to the national championship. A couple of uh, regional wins uh, back then in the uh, ECAC championship winning against Niagara and St. Bonaventure both good teams at the odd in Buffalo and then on into the NCAA tournament with wins against LaSalle North Carolina and Kansas State before going uh, into the final four losing to a very good Kentucky team and uh, Louisville and back when they used to have the uh, consolation game uh, for fourth place it turned out a lot of teams big names and uh, that made for a great season to a great season to remember as far as you know you look back and see the teams we played and say, wow, how did we ever make it through? Uh, like I said, it was something that you never forget. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're still around and we can get together and talk about it. I'm glad that the university is really rep- uh, recognizing now the guys that we, we're able to come back and see each other. Bless uh, a couple of guys who are not with us, Bobby Parker, uh, you know, but we remember all of our guys. I, I thank, thank God that I had an opportunity just to play with those guys. The uh, final four and 75, the last one for John Wooden. So that's always a little bit of a trivia question, although uh, Syracuse did not square off with UCLA, hit the other two teams. Rudy Hackett is with us. And uh, just in the last minute or so, Rudy, uh, you're out on the West Coast now. Uh, tell us about your post-Syracuse life these last uh, 40 or so years and, and what uh, fills up your life right now. Well, it's still a lot of basketball. Um, I've had the opportunity uh, to move into – to, co- to the coaching aspect, uh, I coached a lot of basketball overseas, international basketball, 
learned a lot from playing in the national basketball. So I, I thought that was a good place to start. And then I came over to here, to the United States, and I brought my son over here. Uh, Dad, USC, Coach Beheim recruited him in Syracuse, but he made the choice. He went to USC, and I was there for a while. Uh, we had great years at USC. Uh, I began after that, after I coached there for five or six years, I was in private training. And because I had so many clients all around the world, that's what I do now, internationally and nationally. So I train college kids, high school kids. I train international pros. In the NBA, I've been 14 to 15 guys that I work closely with. And that's what I do right now. Just private training, teaching guys on the basketball, helping them get better to further their career and maybe extend the dreams of the young kids. Well, awesome stuff. You're a great asset to your community and certainly the Syracuse basketball family. Rudy, we're looking forward to seeing you when you come back for the banquet here at the uh, end of the season and uh, wishing you the best, okay? Well, thank you very, very much. You guys are great. And I look forward to seeing you guys when we get back here, too. Take That's... care and God bless everyone. And uh, thank you for listening in and uh, keep the faith. Rudy Hackett, uh, as far as I know, was last in town when uh, in the last couple of years we had a reception and a chance to honor the 1975 Final Four team, which is a very tight group. And I uh, visited with Dennis Duvall in a similar capacity earlier this year when he had his uh, number 22 put up. Rudy Hackett will win the uh, Vic Hansen Medal of Excellence that is uh, coming up here at the end of the year. And uh, a guy who averaged a double-double his last two years, uh, interesting to hear him say, well, I don't really remember much from that 1975 team, but uh, certainly there's a lot of people around here who do, uh, putting Syracuse basketball on the map in a, more of a national way than just being a smaller regional program. Uh, definitely an impressive run. Hackett, that team's uh, leading scorer and rebounder, and uh, looking forward to having him back here at that banquet, which is at Manly Fieldhouse this year on Sunday evening, March 4th. Tickets, by the way, at 443-1419. If you're so inclined, you can email the Orange Club at oclub at syr.edu. Edu Back with Do We Care as we roll along in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Get on the block with Brent Axe. forget the most basic fundamental thing sometimes. That's somebody's kid. This is college sports. You're in that weird in-between where they're not quite high school kids. You want to teach them about life and growing up and handling their business. and But they still are college kids. And if that's your kid out there, you don't want a coach to wreck your kid's knee because they have to win. On the block with Brent Axe, 4-6. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Here's Joe Salzone. I don't care no more. At the Winter Olympics... An American loser crashed in her final run. Emily Sweeney was not seriously injured after losing control around Curve 9, which is the track's trickiest spot. Sweeney suffered only a few bumps and bruises in Pyeongchang. So when you had to destroy the copies that you printed out for me and Polly before, you couldn't come up with more copies? or I could have. You couldn't have copied this one? I could have, but apparently the machine is out of paper and I was running out of time. Because uh, that seems to be the luck I have. There's two machines. <laughs> oh, uh, hell of an operation one. you're running around here. 
So back to the luge. You're the luger. Back to the luge. <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer to spend a little more time on Aaron Hamlin, who like actually was competitive. Why do we... Were you trying to rub it in on this one that crashed? Not at all. I'm an unbiased reporter. People like violence. What gets I, the ratings? Yeah, I don't think her... Uh, I think I was semi-half watching when her supposed crash happened. I don't think it was the type that would maybe induce an injury. Uh, I think you're sensationalizing. Could very well be. Yeah. Fake news. <laughs> there was an Austrian that like wiped out. Like she went one way and the sled went the other. You know, like that's kind of a big deal. But this one, I think she just bumped into the wall a little bit. America first. Did you ever do the song Mountain one back in the day? That no. Oh, that was. Fun. I would try to go down. I mean, I'm a wuss, obviously, but I would go down. Um, that in a safer vehicle. In a bubble. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like you, you know, you're not going to do it in an inner tube, but maybe you would. But they're going 75 miles an hour. See, I, I say I wouldn't do it, but then I think of things I did as a kid. Yeah, on a blade. Like tying a grocery cart to the back of a truck and whipping it yeah, around. Yeah, you said that you did it with your family. That's that's pretty crazy. That should be an Olympic event. How far are you riding a <laughs> grocery, grocery buggy behind, a, behind an F-150? I mean, a, whatever truck they sell at Burdick Toyota. <laughs> Retired NFL star Peyton Manning is hitting the racetrack. Manning is joining Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the Daytona 500. Manning will lead the field. Toyota off- Tundra. Yes, Toyota correct. Tundra. <laughs> lead the, off the uh, pit road, driving the pace car in the laps right before the green flag drops on Sunday. That's Me- when the pace car goes. That's right. Meanwhile, Earnhardt will serve as grand marshal of the race and deliver the command. I think they're buddies. That sounds like a nationwide insurance deal if I... Can I just defame all the, like, we have two sponsors on this show. One's a Toyota dealership. The other is a local insurance operation. Do I, do I need to be publicizing their predecessor, their uh, competitors anymore? Uh, yeah, that's a little sponsored by. There are two likable guys there. Earnhardt on his uh, retirement tour. Is he already done? And then Peyton Manning. So good for them. And a 450-pound wild boar has become the Internet's newest star. This segment's a wild boar. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, boss. The it's also was... lost control around curve nine. <laughs> <laughs> we have, you can't even get the nine curves. The boar was caught on tape in Hong Kong eating out of a dumpster near a school. It's apparently not uncommon for boars that size to wander into the city as they can frequently uh, be spotted in the hills around Hong Kong. Sounds like a hell of a place to live. <laughs> All those upsides, including wild boars walking into, uh, into town. That's Pretty big, I think, by wild boar standards. I would say so, yeah. How did it become an internet star? Is, is that, again, maybe you being a little presumptuous is with it your on labeling video? of things? No, it, it is on uh, video. I think it was on the Huffington Post website. I guess because it's yeah, a 400-plus pound animal and... People enjoy. Yeah, I but guess, who's, what, what's your qualification for stars? There's been a lot, was, of, lot of retweet quote. or people name. Yeah. Thank you. Get out of here. Oh, well, we only have the one sheet. I gotta throw that. To see if we can get to. I'm looking up Japanese one one wild the... boars. Uh, apparently, they're taking over evacuated towns, and uh, one ran through a school chasing children. So apparently, they're frequently running them. Oh, that was an unofficial miss. There, I got fouled. The, do we care though? We're two for two this week. 
Checking it out. All right. Thank you, Joe. No that problem. was magnificent. By the boring. Way, Dewey Cares brought to you boring. by Cam's Pizzeria. Cam's Love at First Slice. Maybe I don't need to write it down now. Maybe I do have it You want to finish it? Love at yeah. First Slice. There you go. Great work. Thank you. Don't overheat. <laughs> All right. We'll get Baldwin in here. we got to see if we can. 20 minutes we're, we're of the show left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, he, he's uh, sort of the self-prescribed uh, or volunteered to be the uh, general manager of uh, whatever sporting team he's going to try to it's kind of like if it's the Olympics he's the he's the all the committees he's going to try to he wants to do basketball team. And, and softball okay two sports star the galaxy games yeah well I think he wants to take on all comers I think he wants to uh, get a team together the people that work here and uh, go out and do the charity thing or whatever so I think I'm busy that weekend yeah I don't know have you ever uh, played a sport? I was going to say, I don't know you have much to add there. So. Uh, I played soccer when I was a kid. You were the ball? <laughs> I may as well have been. Did you play in gym class? Were you like ever, Yeah, I played in gym. I mean, I, the, I had to. Not to open You wounds. would rather have been left alone. I would have, yes. Uh, kind of like right now. <laughs> did you, Did you? were you the last picked? Because I always was. I was a midget. Yeah, I, I guess it depended on the sport because I was pretty good at kickball. Like, yeah. like everyone is good at kickball. So I people say everybody were like, is. But people bat- were like, hey, we need to get Joe on our kickball team. Well, I don't know if it yeah, was ever well. as enthusiastic right, 20, as 20 that. 20 kids are going to pick up two sides of 10. What, what round do you get picked in? Uh, next to last. It was usually... Uh, and you were good at it. Yeah. You <laughs> must have been school. a fun kid to hang out <laughs> <Yeah>. with. <laughs> Who was the kid that got picked only after you? I, I don't remember his name, but I remember he didn't speak English. <laughs> So. That's not a prereq for <laughs> kickball. It's an international game. He was more likable than I was. Well, and still, probably still is. Probably still is. All right, back with more. We'll uh, get to the bottom of this here and figure out what kind of teams we can get together out of the group over here at Galaxy's Worldwide Headquarters when we continue in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Syracuse lacrosse back in action this Saturday right here on ESPN 97.7. Face off against Albany at 2 o'clock. Orange pregame, one thirty. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Back in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse here for about 10 more minutes. Back tomorrow. I want to congratulate a friend of the show, by the way, our friend uh, Jason Stark. We've had on a number of times to talk baseball. Let go in that last uh, purge at ESPN has joined the outstanding baseball writing team they're putting there at The Athletic. That is a a subscription-based newspaper, basically, or online uh, journalism there, and uh, Jason's awesome, so it's uh, good to have him back in the game. He didn't uh, deserve to be on the sideline at all, and uh, he's at The Athletic with a lot of great beat writers from uh, all the cities across uh, Major League Baseball, so looking forward to seeing that. I think it starts in April, but uh, we'll maybe chat with him during spring training here, and good for Jason, who's a big uh, Syracuse basketball fan, a Syracuse alum, and uh, now ready to write the uh, National Major League Baseball scene for the athletic, Daniel Baldwin is with us. Uh, Daniel was uh, attempting yesterday. So, how would you view yourself, like camp director or general manager, USOC? You're, you're really trying to field some teams with uh, the scraps that are put together here at Galaxy. Well, I'm a new, the new guy on the block, you know. Right. So, I mean, I come from you're kind uh, of the social director. Uh, but well, you know, I, I'm an active guy. I, I get here, okay. So, I do the the visual assessment, which may not be fair all the time to judge a book by its cover. But I turn around, and for instance, when uh, on the show we were talking about 
guys that appear to be athletic. Matt Park walks in the room. He's slim. He's muscular. He's a tall guy. He looks like he probably played hoop or was a swimmer, some kind of athlete. So I'm talking about, well, why don't we have a softball team here? So we start running through the guys. That, well, Paulie, could, uh, he's got to be able to be a little guy. Uh, second base. Second base. That's what yeah. I said. He's a second baseman. Where's big the big sales guy, Nick? He's our yeah. first baseman. Yeah. You know, I'm going around the infield and going around the outfield. We want a couple of younger guys that are dear. I bring up your name. Like, yeah, he ain't going to play, but right. these guys are throwing you under the bus. No, I, I could, that's why, yeah, we're going to have to address that. I mean, golf is my game. I, I would prefer to play golf. I want to hear numbers on the golf game. And, I mean, numbers... <laughs> so we go out to a, go out to a course that you've never played. That's a pretty good course. What are you taking? It. What are you taking from the blue tees? What are you going to shoot from the blue tee? Uh, Ninety-one, eighty. You know, I'm I'm, in a, I'm a fourteen. He's a fourteen. All right. He's a fourteen. Hopefully improve. You know, I got to get out. Like this needs to be a summer. I need to say, screw it. I'm actually going to work on this and get better. You know, I learned when I when I used to play on the celebrity tour, and I and I really dialed my game because I hated watching yeah. guys who I thought were inferior athletes. I mean, that could yeah. kill me in golf. Yeah, and so I got it down to you know low single digit, you know four or five ish, which is good golf. You know, yeah, absolutely. Considering you have a career doing something else, but the difference between shooting seventy nine and seventy six is about a thousand balls a week. You yes. know what I mean? Absolutely. To knock three point <laughs> points off your score consistently is incredibly hard to do. What I thought you were going to say too is. Not only is that true, but the difference between that guy, the guy who's shooting 76, and the guy who's shooting 72, number one, and then the guy who's shooting, like the best player in the area here or at your club or what, that guy and like an actual pro or a tour pro or the guy at the top of the leaderboard is so vast. Like I think people oh, have God. no idea. And, you know, none of us are out hitting 98 mile an hour fastball so you can't really relate to it right but you right. could in theory you know if you want to plop down the money you could go play pebble beach well you're not going to break 100 at pebble beach right. more more than likely and dustin johnson who actually struggled on the weekend but he shoots 65 and it's no big deal right you know that's incredible but uh no i mean i, I could hang in there if we're fielding the softball team there's a little running uh involved but i i could handle that there's less than in basketball you know so but you look like you were a basketball player I played a little bit, lunchtime. I was a volleyball player. In high school, I played volleyball and baseball. A lot of guys make that transition to volleyball. Yeah. That's big, like out in Pepperdine, California. That's well, very you common. know me. That's California. <laughs> California dreaming. That's my background. Uh, I did, though, um, just sustain a paper cut while reaching into my bag for my notes here. And I'm, Are you out for the season? I'm, I'm wearing a pansy, light blue cashmere sweater. So I don't know that I'm really... Probably going to bring the toughness. I just at least not feeling that right now. I think I'm kind of spoiled. You've got the, but you, you've got the the Dave Kingman kind yeah, of, oh, yeah. You know. So especially slow pits. Yeah, I mean, aren't you, I mean, aren't you, you just rip, jogging around the bases anyway? The heels. Well, I was just telling at the start of the show. I was telling a story about uh, in you know I played high school baseball, but then one, one of the guys in baseball, said, hey, we're in the such and such beer league. Come on up, you know, we're short a guy. If you can be here in 15 minutes, you're in. So I get up there and I'm playing third base, and but you know first. First guy hits like a screaming one hopper through the gravel infield. It's like, oh, it was a little bit different than what I'm used to. But yeah, so infield, I would think in slow pitch softball is hard to play, but also shouldn't get much action. The ball, you should be hitting fly balls in softball. Listen, when I was a kid, you know, I'd hit the ball the opposite field, depending upon where the base runners were. I was precise enough to be able to play the game at yeah. that level. Nowadays, I hit home runs and singles. Right. Period. Because I can hit a ball all the way to the wall, and I'm not going to run very hard. <laughs> so, well, it should have been a double, maybe a triple. I'm going to jog down to first and wait for the, the designated runner. Yeah. Or I'm going to hit it over the fence. I can still hit it a long way. 
or I'm going to fly out. So I don't have to really run at all. I, I like to know, you know, as a sportscaster and calling games and doing play-by-play, I, I should know the rules. What is the um, line of demarcation that when you play softball, you can get that uh, assistant runner there? Like you swing and then somebody takes off at the plate and does no, the running. No, you have to run from the plate yeah. and then the guy then, can okay, go out of the field. To... I think it's like the last batted out. Yeah. So you want to make sure the guy in front of you is a, is a deer. You want to bat third or fourth yeah, for it's sure. It's either the last out or the last guy who scored so that way he's tired and has to run again. Right, right. Yeah, there's no he runs for you. Oh, okay, no, no designated. <laughs> but that's yeah. the point. But how, but how are you eligible for that? Is it the pitcher? You, just, because, you have to tell the umpire before yeah, the game starts. Yeah, yeah. And that's because you're decrepit? Injured, or, yeah, you're supposed okay. to be injured in that. Yeah, situation. you're fat, you're old, and you don't get hair and makeup while you're playing the, the song. Issue, and so the guy who made the last out of the previous inning is the right, guy. Yeah. He's the guy running. The issue you're going to run into in this building if you try and put a team together is people won't do it. Like you're going, no, like, why, is, play, why the apathy? Why I'll play is that? like just people. There's nobody wants to do anything. It's just kind of meh. That's sad. Like we had a fall ball team and trying to put the team together every week was a pain. Calling people, making sure you're going to be there and then you get there and you only got nine guys and yada, yada, yada. So it's 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 not an easy thing to do. A lot of things pulling at uh, people's time. So I would say as a general manager, going to have some challenges. Again, you know, you, you've got the big diva pink pen here. So That's from my mother's yeah. uh, breast cancer research fund I bid. Uh-huh. I bid on a set of pens. Actually, it was pretty much, I look like an idiot if I didn't buy something. That looks like the type of pen that you would sign a major contract with. That is. That's the diamond Rolex of pens. I like that. That's always, I always felt like, and, you know, as we change the subject yet again, everybody's doing these Netflix specials and documentaries. You know what I think would be a good one? And it uh, goes into your industry as well. The day, like, Jimmy Garoppolo just signed a $137.5 million contract. Somebody you know, signs for 125. Kirk Cousins is going to get a big deal. You Darvish just signed a huge deal with the Cubs. The day you wake up and you know you're going to somebody's office to sign that, mm-hmm. how like how'd you sleep the night before? How protective? Like it, that money's guaranteed as soon as you put your money. So that's like not the day to get hit by a bus, no, or to trip you know crossing the street. No, that's a bad idea. So you want to keep an armored I would car? Like, to yeah, to me, I would like I would sleep in bubble wrap, <laughs> right? And uh, right. Exactly. like if all I need to do is show up at this place at eleven o'clock and sign my name, I want to make sure I. Do you think that's a more nervous day if you're Darvish? Let's say for example, so you're with the Dodgers, you're going to Chicago, a city that you know went for 108 years or something without winning anything. Yeah, and and so you're. The first day I'm pitching there is my nervous day. Well, he's also, in particular, a guy who just gave it up in the World Series. He got rocked. Right, and so that's sort of his history. I'm sure that um, probably hampered his uh, job market a little bit, but he's obviously a great pitcher. He's the, you know, the one with 18 different pitches and the gyro ball. and the yeah, He's got the it all, supposedly. Yeah. Okay, good <laughs> stuff. What do you got on your show today? I'm going to talk about uh, San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich says that uh, the United States is a racist Heard country. That. I got a little, a little, a little SU basketball. Goose Gossage oh, and yeah. Brian Cashman yeah. going. Kind of had that on my list. That what and, a meathead he he's become. You know, uh, it's not that I necessarily disagree with all that he has to say, but he has to understand it's 2018. That's like, the difference. You're gonna be you're gonna be the guy uh, who people think is weird. There's that things. great scene if you've ever seen North Dallas 40. A great football movie about the Dallas Cowboys. Nick Nolte, and, right? and Nick Nolte and John Matuzak playing a, a player on the team in the, in the Cowboys grabs uh, Brian. Uh, um, oh God, what's his name? The actor. Anyway, uh, and he pins him up against the wall, and he says, "When I call it a business, you call it a game. When you call it a game, I call it." A, and, and so the uh, and that's exactly where we're at for Cashman. 
It is a business. He has to make tough business decisions. He has to forget about loyalty. And for Goose Gossage, he's a product of that Bull Durham 70s, stood at the man and said, guess what? I'm throwing the express, try to hit it. You know, and, and he's that old school Thurman Munson Yankee program. Uh, you know, he doesn't understand where it's gone. And, 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 and lost is that that honor that was being a Yankee back then. And those guys are jealous of the amount of money that there is out now, and I don't blame them. Heck yeah. And he's thinking, hey, I threw three or four innings a game to earn my keep. Uh, in a relief situation when relief pitching was just defined differently than it is now. And he goes, hey, look at this guy driving 16 uh, Lexuses because he, you know. Throws an inning. Right, throws an inning 60 times a game or 40 times a game or 40 times a season, I mean. And uh, he didn't work like I worked and and blah, blah, blah. It's not baseball. And I I can see where those guys are bitter, but they also – Need to keep their mouths, keep it to themselves, <laughs> or or feel free to go out there and say it, but don't be surprised when people ridicule you for it. So. Yeah, or when they ban you from the Yankee dugout. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, good stuff. We'll uh, we'll enjoy the Daniel Baldwin show coming up here at the uh, top of the hour, and uh, maybe a Daniel Baldwin organized sports team of some description still to be determined here at Galaxy <laughs> Communication. I don't want to see the schedule. Talk about schedule and soft to find anybody. It's one game, trust me. <laughs> right? It's, it's going to be pretty rough. Maybe just an exhibition, an inner squad scrimmage. All right, back tomorrow on the show to look ahead to the NC State basketball game, which is in the Dome tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. That's in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.